Welcome to episode five of the Weeboo podcast. Wow, it's already been five episodes, kind of crazy. We took a week off because there was a lot going on. It was Mother's Day. Pat took a vacation. What did you do on your vacation, Pat? You know, relaxed in Hawaii. Got to uh, listen to some nice Hawaiian music, watch some anime, be a little peaceful, catch up. Dang, you were Just living the life. about work. Living the life. That's the way I like to think about it. Did you get some shaved ice or eat a lot of good food? Lots of good shaved ice, lots of good food. Pretty busy out there, but it was fun. A lot of tourists, I'm guessing? Because everyone's just trying to escape? Yeah, it's actually pretty packed right now. Pretty surprising. But, you know, I think there's never a bad time in Hawaii. Yeah, I definitely would have rather have been there. I got my second COVID shot and was literally stuck in bed for three days straight. So exciting okay. stuff. I hope you got to catch up on some anime over that. Yeah, I, I binge watched the entire season or entire 24 episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen. I started Dr. Stone and I'm dipped through like 13 episodes of it. So Okay, okay. So Dr. Stone's still probably good. You'll have to let me know your thoughts on that one different episode <laughs> ahead of i guess the episode where i talk about my thoughts on either of them i'm actually kind of surprised by how good both of them are so i guess those are my overall take big hits for their respective seasons yeah so all i did was literally watch anime for three days and it was it was fantastic i haven't done that in such a long time and i don't even know if i can do that without being sick because i either just feel disgusting from staying in bed for the whole day now because i'm old or I just feel like really unproductive at the same time. So I, I feel like I need to go do something. But in that, it was, it was good because both shows ended up to not disappoint. If I wasted my time on something that sucked, that would have been terrible. Don't worry. We saved the promise Neverlands for when, when you're feeling, uh, feeling healthy. <laughs> for the days where after work where I really want to watch a good show, but I have to watch the garbage instead. <laughs> when you need to cap off your already poor day. <laughs> with some poor anime well on the bright side of things for this podcast we're not going to be talking about any poor anime per se we're going to be talking about some of the most underrated anime that we've kind of come across and also give a couple of overrated anime to kind of contrast the underrated ones there's definitely a lot of anime out there and kind of hand in hand with what we did with the shonen showdown not shaolin showdown we want to highlight some of the other shows that don't get as much love and should get some consideration from the anime viewers to watch. And I'm sure some of the shows you're going to name, I have never watched before. And I'm sure whatever I'm going to name, you have never watched before. And it might be skewed based on our taste a little bit because, you know, we obviously based on our last four episodes, we don't have the same exact taste or genre. I'm hoping that this is a podcast where we could kind of just introduce some of the more lesser known anime instead of the big names and the overhyped ones. No, that sounds great. I mean, that's definitely part of our job, right? <laughs> what we want to do here is just kind of let everyone else know on some of these sleepers. And not for ratings, per se, right? I think, I mean, I think our definition of underrated doesn't necessarily mean it's been rated poorly, but something that just didn't get the spotlight it might have deserved. Yeah, exactly. Because if we just went based purely on rating, it's kind of unfair because... These anime have like 200, let's say like 200 to 300k members on based on Mal. And it's most likely that these people like the show that and they watched it. So the ratings are just going to be 
higher as a result. But compared to other shows like Attack on Titan, who have who has like 1.5 million or 2 million members in the community of Mal, these shows don't have that same level of or like the same audience. We basically just want to highlight these shows that don't get the same amount of recognition or viewership. And hopefully, you know, just spread good anime to the community, really, because it's easy to find the Jujutsu Kaisens or the Demon Slayers of the world. It's harder to find the hidden gems because there is a lesser, smaller fan base that has reviewed and watched the shows. So that's really what all we're trying to do with this podcast. Right, right. And I mean, I didn't have, I don't have anything in the hundred range of members, but <laughs> if you have some of those very hidden diamonds in the rough i mean it'd be great to hear those no definitely not i i, <laughs> I think my lowest amount is like 200k or something like that okay that's around where my lowest one is so yeah Very good we're, we're in the same page of underrated <laughs> yeah definitely but when we get to the overrated ones you know those are the ones that have like the 1.0 million members or above and i don't know if it's even like a roast of these animes but it's just like these animes might just have a higher score than what they should or higher level of popularity than what they should because of x y and z reasons well do you want to give your first underrated anime or something that you've watched and you've enjoyed but not i guess as many fans have watched okay yeah sure let me let me start off and i think we all know the type of genre i like kind of templating falls into some type of mystery shonen type power right so I'm going to start off there. I'm going to start off something that I'm very familiar with. I've seen multiple times. I don't know if you've seen this one, um, but I'm sure you've heard of it. It's called Hamatora. I haven't watched it, but I always see it in my browsing list on the Crunchyroll. Yeah, it's probably me watching an episode over again. Oh, is that why? <laughs> I always see it in like the like recommendations or like top picks just for you. And I'm just like, well, maybe why the it, history. Why yeah. Yeah. Anyways, what's the show about? The show is about, I guess, a group of kids or maybe just characters in general, ranging from teenagers to maybe young adults, in a world where certain humans have special powers called minimums. And the way I would like to think about it and maybe put it out there is very similar to Boku no Hero, where essentially some people are born with powers. But in Boku no Hero, everyone has I think 99% of the world already is born with some type of trait. In Hamatora, it's not necessarily everyone is born with these abilities. They're very unique, and the story focuses around a group of these individuals who essentially use their abilities or these supernatural powers to try and either do jobs, whether those jobs are maybe crime-related or maybe just you know your average day-to-day good deed. And it revolves around just this group of characters just kind of willy-nilly going about life, trying to make a living, and really just figure out different jobs and opportunities. But the main plot revolves around one serial killer uh, who essentially is starting to kill these types of ability holders. And it's a very interesting anime because I do think it follows a lot of the Boku no Hero type of plot where there are people with these powers and... It's just a very entertaining anime. The main character, his name is Nice, like the trait. Very likable character. I think out of any of the anime I've ever seen, he's just an extremely likable guy. 
Is he a bit overpowered? Yes, his ability is a bit, you know, strong. But there's a lot of plot development in his character and the interactions he has with maybe some of these other people. And one of his best, I don't know best friends per se, but good friends or acquaintances in this show is actually a police officer who doesn't have an ability. And it's kind of about how this police officer is really just going about trying to, you know, do what police do protect the community, solve issues, solve crimes, and sometimes occasionally gets the help of the main protagonist. And it's essentially a development of these two and their relationship. And there's actually two seasons. The second season isn't as good as the first. I would say they're both very, very well done. And I think they're very entertaining. And I just think it's a very interesting and very easy to watch show. It got the second season syndrome. That all these other shows I don't know got. if it got the second season syndrome. I just think, in my opinion, I think the second season is actually just as good. It's just that the first season, it didn't seem to be too well known. And I don't think it had the following to really kind of keep up and keep the artwork and the plot developing along. How many members does it have on Mal and what's the score? Okay, so season one, looking at it right now, it's rated a 7.3. It's got 257,000 members. Popularity rank is 605, and it's ranked 2,379. So the second season is ranked a 7.4, and its popularity is 1,100 with 145,000 members. Interesting. 7.3 and 7.4 are, like, really low for Mal scores. They're, yeah, it's, it's very low. It's very low-ranked. Popularity is not very high. But I would personally watch it above many of the other shonens that have been coming out. Um, in the past couple years and this did air back in I think 2013-2014 so the artwork isn't as I guess strong as the current age of anime but I think if this came out in some sometime around the past year or so with the new artwork the new sound soundtracks I think it would have had a lot more popularity than it did. I guess what do you think was a reason that caused it to have a 7.3 7.4 and also because it's a shonen, it's kind of surprising that only it only has like 200, however many viewers, 250k, let's just say. Because shonens usually get the hype when it airs, no matter what, because it just attracts a wider range of audience or audience members. So what do you think went wrong with the show or why did it not reach a wider audience? No, that's a great question. And I think... To really put it into perspective, it's one of those shows that really starts off a bit slow in terms of it's just a group of guys just trying to solve mundane day-to-day activities. Just make a living like helping someone's dog, trying to prevent, be a bodyguard for a day. There's not really a huge crime or issue from the start, or you don't really see these powers as well. You kind of just get the idea that, yeah, there are some supernatural abilities going on, they're using them, but I think... As you get into maybe the third and fourth episode, you start saying, hey, this show's really interesting. It, it, they're going, they're diving deeper, they're building up that plot. And I think shonens these days, I think they take more the route of something crazy happens in the first or second episode, right? You have to have that cliffhanger that really draws everyone in. And I think this was more back into the style of really develop the character and develop the, the storyline. And so I think I could easily see people losing interest within the first one to two episodes and just not continuing it. You actually make a really good point there because I do think that shonens nowadays have 
the staple, I guess, introductory paragraph where you want to grasp the viewer as quick as possible. Let's just take like Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen, for example. Both of them literally start with a fight like in episode one. And other shonens or other shows back in the day didn't really do that where it just grasped you immediately. And I do think a lot of shows kind of get dinged for that. I, granted, there are shows like Steins Gate that takes like eight episodes to develop. But at the same time, like it has a really high score. So there are shows that still get the recognition after four to eight episodes of, of a slow start. But nowadays right. with Shonen, like if you don't go get off to a good start and grasp the audience, it, it basically falls off because people start dropping it after like episode two and three and they just don't continue to watch it on a weekly basis. Right. And that's almost exactly spot on with this. Uh, I was going to go off this comment and I'm just going to read off this comment on Mao. It's one of the first or second comments. It says, Hamatora is an anime that showed plenty of promise at first. It could have been excellent if not for one major setback. Most of the anime is filler. The story is actually great when it gets down to it, but having one of the most thrilling scenes of any show this season followed up by a beach episode before returning to the actual plot just destroys the mood and momentum this show could have built up on and much more. So that is one of the things about Hamatora. There are these filler scenes, and I think they're really used to really build on the character development which is not shonen-esque right it, that's not how shonen type of anime these days typically go about i actually don't mind those like beach scenes or i think there's other shows that have like baseball scenes where they just kind of have like show a level of humanness and i don't mind it because it, it does develop the ca- character a lot more and it does show a human side to these characters that you could kind of relate with but at the same time, if you put in fillers of arcs that just like don't even matter, kind of like Bleach, that's where it starts to kind of walk a fine line and where you're kind of digging points because they're just detaching themselves from the main storyline. So I actually really don't mind these episode or two episode fillers where they develop characters with a side story or a more casual story for Shonen. So yeah, is it the best anime? No, but is it? a good anime that i think is worth watching yes i mean i would definitely put that there and you know i think it's underrated just because i it got a lot of backlash i think just when it was released and it doesn't have a lot of what you would expect in a shonen but as an anime as a whole it yeah it's lacking it doesn't have everything that you might want but it's good i don't i think it's definitely better than some some of the recent shows i've seen yeah all the reasons you pointed out and even the review that you read off like the bad reasons aren't bad enough to me where people shouldn't be watching the show and 7.3 7.4 sounds a bit harsh so it 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 definitely is something that i should consider watching or i i definitely will watch it because it it just sounds like a show that's more enjoyable than a 7.3 or 7.4 and considering promise level neverland season 2 is like a 6.8 or whatever or some of these other bad shows are 6.8 6.9 in that range, there's no way that th- that this can be as bad as those, right? <laughs> right, and and the genres in Mal are listed as mystery, comedy, superpower, and drama. Those don't really mesh in terms of the the categories it's given, right? I mean, it is a com- it, there are comedic scenes, and it is a mystery, and it does have superpowers. So it's very hard to tie all those together. And I think if you're looking for one, like if you're more of a comedy fan and you want something more like Psyche K, you're not going to get it here. If you're looking for superpowers like Boku no Hero, you're also not going to get that here. 
So it's just a niche category of its own type that I think, you know, just got a little hate. So give us some love, you know, to audience members. Yeah, Maybe everyone love. should watch. Hopefully there's someone out there who agrees. Hopefully not everyone hates this show. And it is easily accessible. You can go watch it on Crunchyroll, <laughs> as you just pointed out. Okay, so what about you? What, what, what's something underrated that you wanted to bring up? So the show that I picked is called Hanasaku Iroha. It's, its English translation is Blossoms for Tomorrow. And it's a show that is about a young girl. So it's, a, it's kind of a shoujo, but not really a shoujo. But it's a coming-of-age story of a young girl who basically has a family that owns a ryokan, which is a Japanese hotel in basically rural Japan. And she is sent there to kind of work and learn from her grandmother who owns this store while her mother is living in Tokyo. So it's really a story about her learning to, you know, grow and learn all the things about life and living on your own, working, interacting with other people. There's a little bit of romance sprinkled in as well. So there's that. But really, it's, it's just a story about learning to work and learning how to mesh in with the real world, really, when you're on your own. And I really enjoyed this show after I started working myself. So this might not be something that's for everyone that hasn't worked or, you know, that is still in school. You might not be able to relate to as much. But it really kind of gave me perspective in terms of how I should tackle work and the real world and how I can kind of just trans translate what I know now into the real world, really. It has 278,000 members on Mao, which isn't much. And it has a score of 7.94, which I think is pretty low. I, I think it should be a little higher. I can see why people would give it like a 7.5 or 7 or 8 because it, it's a good show. But I, I can see people being like, it's a slice of life. There's not action or there's not a whole lot going on. It's just following the day-to-day -day of these people that work at this Japanese hotel. And also like following kind of like the business aspects of it. And people might not just be interested in that. Interesting. So you brought up a point about kind of almost how you could relate to it somewhat in your, in your life now. And do you think that there's an appreciation to this that comes as you get older? rather than something you would have watched in your younger days. Yeah, so I watched this show. I think the show came out in 2011, but I watched this show a year or two out from college and after working for, for those, those couple of years. And I think, I'm sure you, you might have felt the same way, but there's a point after you leave college and you start working where it's, it's a struggle almost like, Everything you learned up to that point of school like doesn't translate to work or the lifestyle you learn to live in school is not the same lifestyle you learn to live at work. And it's really hard to just kind of do like a like for like comparison and be like, okay, I did this in school. And why can't I do this at work? Or I'm doing this for work now, but I never did this in school. And there was a, there was a point in my life where it, it was really hard for me to kind of just find the positivity or the happiness that came from working every single day for eight to 10 hours or even on weekends. And this was a show that basically gave me appreciation for work and also like the friendships that came from it. I think the greatest part about the show is that because the Ryokan is family owned, everyone is pretty close. It's in rural Japan. There aren't many people working at it, 
the characters are really close with one another. And that's kind of like the mental, I guess, aspect of work that I took and translated to my own life in terms of the people you work with, you're with them more than you are with your family. And it's a better experience for everyone if we all treated each other as family. And that's basically like the main learning point I got from the show. And it really like motivated me to cultivate relationships at work, learn from my superiors, teach the people that are below me, like my associates, and also just stay motivated, really. And also learn about Japanese yokans. Right, right. And I guess the Rokan, or yeah, that industry isn't well known outside of Japan, right? Right. Like, it's not something you would know, I think, if you weren't Japanese or went to Japan, because a hotel is a hotel, I'm sure, to someone in the U.S., but in Japan, a hotel and a Japanese ryokan is like extremely different, very different experience. And that might be why it doesn't directly translate to people because it's just too foreign to people. I guess for people who are still having a bit um, difficulty understanding this show, would you say it could have been like for people who have seen Food Wars or Shokugeki no Soma, uh, the character Megumi? Would you say it could almost be like a story about her life, like some subset just in a more slice of life type of format? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It would be basically like her backstory if she had to take over her family's restaurant. Interesting. That No, that sounds really entertaining. And, and I think those small types of stories that are more family oriented or kind of impactful or something you can relate to in your real life, those those deserve to kind of get a rating or even be watched because of how it relates to you. But maybe at the time you watch it, you don't understand or don't follow it. And so maybe that's possibly the reason it didn't get the ratings or even the hype it could have deserved. Yeah, I definitely don't think this show would ever get hype like Jujutsu Kaisen or anything like that. But I do think there's a point in time in everyone's life where they can use this show. And... That might be when you're in school and you're in a rut or when you're at work and you're in a rut or you need some inspiration, you're working on a project, you want to learn how to kind of interact better with your coworkers, you want to learn about the hotel business or just business in general, really, how to treat your clients, etc. But like all that stuff, like is kind of in the back burner. It's really just comes down to the self growth that comes with being on your own and just learning to work and learning to kind of just like cultivate your career but also yourself and the self-growth that that's shown in the show is extremely relatable and it's something that I hope a lot of people kind of seek in their lives as well so it there is definitely a point in time where I, I would think that a lot of people can relate to the show considering a lot of 90% of I guess people end up working at some point in their lives so no, now that I'm older, I think that that could definitely be something that I would relate to a lot more and be able to draw, maybe not inspiration, but a lot more of relatability to the story and the plot. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I usually like come back to it to watch it when I'm in a rut at work or I need a little bit of, I need to see someone else struggle at work and then feel kind of cl- close and connected <laughs> to it. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, the work struggles are no joke. I mean, I think we've all been there on that one. So it's good. It sounds like it's a it's a nice pick me up, and it can help uh, pull you out of maybe a a slow week or a, or a low point. 
Yeah, definitely. All right. Do you have another show that you want to highlight? If we're talking about underrated or are we talking maybe something that I think just deserves maybe more hype? I had a couple. I don't know if we want to get into all of them right now. And I think one I want to talk about, though, a little more recently is Nagi no Asakara or A Lull in the Sea. And not per se that it's underrated. I think it's a really good anime. and I know you've seen it as well. That I just don't think really got the attention it deserved. Yeah, definitely. And I think it kind of falls into the same bucket as Hanasaka Iroha where it's slice of lifey. And as a result, doesn't get hype. And it's a bit unfortunate because that, that just naturally happens to some of these shows. But Nagino Asakata, yeah, definitely a show that we both watched. And I think we both watched it almost at like the same time. And we were both like, wait, this show's actually really good. And I remember checking Mal, I think it has like 400k members or something like that. And the score is around 8. Right, it's around an 8. It's, about, it's almost at 500,000 members now. But it's ranked 459 and popularity is 290. Now, I think if I ever made a list of anime that I'd recommend someone to watch, it would know, it would be somewhere in this in the double digit range. It wouldn't it wouldn't be past 100 in my opinion. And if I just had to choose Slice of Life, it's probably one of my more favorite Slice of Life anime. Yeah, I actually think, and um, I might get some flack for saying this, but I think it's actually in the same category as Anohana for me. It's that good, I think. No, I, that's that's a fair point. I mean, I've seen Anohana multiple times, and I have rewatched certain episodes of this show because it is about kids, and it is somewhat about coming of age, but it's also about kind of that that innocence that children have that you kind of sometimes it picks you up and it's just a nice storyline to to watch to kind of give people the backstory on Nagino Asakata it there's a it's a world where there's people that live in the sea and there's also people that live on the land and it's almost their interaction and how to kind of bridge the gap between the two people because they aren't really close with one another right they're not hostile towards each other but they're not very close and they're very distant and foreign so there's a lot of kind of back and forth a lot of human interaction relationships that come come and go to kind of bridge that gap between these people that live in the sea and then the people that have moved on and lived on live on the land right exactly it's it's a lot about almost discrimination right and you know, in some ways, I can see how it kind of relates to the world today. I mean, they're two, but they're both humans, the ones who live in the sea and the ones who live in the land, but there's almost a discrimination between the two. Right. And the children are the ones who kind of are, don't understand why, why is there such a discrimination between these two groups when, in reality, everyone falls under the same bucket. Right, and that's actually how I viewed the show, too. It almost breaks it up into two like ethnicities or two nationalities where it's you know we're all humans but at the same time these kids on the sea are taught to kind of hate the people on the land and the people on the land are taught to kind of look down on these people that still live in the sea and there's some kids who are kind of just careless and don't care about what these people think and just kind of try to bridge the gap, try to build relationships with the other people on the other side. I think that's how it is in the real world as well, where if you don't know anything, like there's no way 
you will be taught to hate someone. We're all humans in the end. And that's really what the show comes down to. And I thought it was really interesting. And they kind of work together to solve like a common problem that threatens both of their worlds. And you know, I I mean, I hope there isn't such an impending doom in our current current life. But, you know, it's something that, you know, you could think of it as COVID, you know, people coming together that, you know, never really thought about each other. And, you know, sometimes brings out the best in people. Yeah, exactly. When there's like a common threat, right, people come together to fight it off. But when that threat doesn't exist... For some for some reason, humans find a way to kind of find a divide within each other, and I I think the show does a really good job in terms of kind of tackling that. And also, you know, there there are other elements to show. Obviously, there is a lot of romance to show that's entertaining to watch, but there is also romance between the people in the sea and the people on the land, and how that gap needs to be bridged, or what the sacrifice is for. For them to live with one another and i i think it's really interesting also the art is phenomenal and the production is on point yes agree with both those phenomenal art phenomenal production so it, it's good that those things the art and production doesn't take away from the storyline but i do think the storyline of the show is really really deep and it's not just oh there's just people living in the sea they're like fish and then the people living on the land oh they're they're cool they could they're just like us like regular humans and they're, they're just fighting i feel like there actually is more depth to it than just that and it might be hard for just an average viewer that wants to kind of just see fighting scenes or just romance unfold for to kind of understand or try to understand the deeper meaning behind the show. So maybe that's where the disconnect is in terms of the ratings or not getting as much hype. But I do know the show has been released on Netflix recently, and I think it's been getting a little bit more traction as a result. So hopefully that's the case. No, yeah, definitely agree. Something really interesting. I guess to keep moving on, is there anything another show that you had in mind i think one show i have a couple of shows actually that i haven't touched on but one thing i one show i I want to touch on really quickly and not get into deep because it kind of has similar themes as nagi nasukata is shinsekai yori and i think it's called from a new world and it kind of has the same vibes wow this was also the third one on my list yeah the show has a really deep meeting (laughs) it's really good honestly it might be so good so good. yeah out of the anime i've watched it's probably the deepest anime i've watched and it doesn't get the same love maybe because of that maybe there's just too much thinking involved i'm not sure it's a little old so maybe that could be it too i think the score is on mount i I don't have it pulled up but it's like an 8.5 or 8.3 or something 8.3 but only 640,000 members yeah like 8.3 for that show is way too low it's literally a masterpiece and it's so deep in terms of how it breaks down just common human interaction or like societal themes that are built up where did all these things get established in our world and really the the show does a really good job of kind of building an entire new society of humans from the ground up. And it's it's just really interesting to watch. Very deep, but I would say Shinsekai Yori is a much darker anime. But oh, yeah. it's still that much... I think it's probably more impactful than Nagi no Asakara or Alone in the Sea. 
just because of the psychological nature of the show itself. A lot of thinking. I actually recently rewatched the first half of the show and I plan to watch the second half. But there is a little bit of a slow point in terms of establishing the world, establishing the plot. So that might be why the scores are a bit low. It, it, it does feel a little Steinsgate-y where the first eight episodes are all plot development and just setting Agreed. the show up. But the last, like the second half of the show is just like, holy fuck, what the hell is happening? Because every single episode, I was just mind blown and mind blown and like left just laying in bed where I'm thinking about life <laughs> and I don't know like what I should do with my life because it, it's just so deep, really dark, like you said, and not happy like Nagino Asukata, which kind of takes like a different angle, but at the same time really just breaks down just commonly built ideas of human society that I just have no idea like where it was built up from because of the show. Essentially, the story revolves around a utopia, if I remember correctly. And I think that in itself says a lot about the show, because I think as we know, growing up, utopias or utopian societies are never as they seem. To create a utopia, something dark was probably done at some point in the past. It's like the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood mentality, right? If you, if you give, you got you got to take something. It's a like for like, I guess, give and take interaction. So it it is a really interesting show, and it definitely deserves a higher score for that one. Like I actually think the score is way too low for it. Eight point three is disrespectful to the show because I think it's above <laughs> a nine. It's probably closer to a nine. I would agree. Yeah, that sh- this show is it's dark, but I actually have recommended this show to a friend when they were in the psychological genre phase of anime, and I only got good feedback. Yeah, same. I haven't heard bad things from whoever has wa- finished the show completely. There are people I know that have kind of dropped it after the first five episodes just because it was slow, and that kind of goes back to you know what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast where shows nowadays do a really good job of just grasping the audience in the first couple of episodes but for something that is a psychological and dark show it does require a lot of setup in order to kind of break down what it's built up so i guess going off that then it sounds like this is definitely something you would recommend to someone who was looking for more of like a psychological thriller and that wasn't probably too mainstream like i think if you type in psychological anime you might not really see this as your first choice yeah definitely i mean the first choices that come up are like death note psychopaths right but this definitely wouldn't come up and if you are into dark themed animes definitely a watch for sure i mean i understand like the first few episodes are set up but it's it's worth it it's like code geass get through the first 15 episodes it's worth it yeah when, once you get involved and start realizing how things tie together you kind of get stuck and you're trapped and you just want to watch the rest or you know it kind of reminds me of promise neverland the utopia part of it yeah it, it really is it's a better executed promise neverland <laughs> it's it's a much better executed promise neverland yeah it's it's kind of the other way around second season is just godlike so <laughs> definitely worth a watch I do have a couple more that I, I want to touch on. I don't even think the, these are considered like underrated. I would say it's more so low key. 
and I don't think you watch them, but it, it's kind of two shows that kind of go hand in hand because the good aspects of the shows are pretty similar and then the themes are really similar and the shows i kind of referring to are Sangatsu no Lion or March Comes Down Like a Lion and Chihaya Furu, which is both, they're both like Japanese sports shows. So they're surrounded around Shogi and Karuta, which is like Japanese folk sports, I guess. And I think that's why it doesn't get as much love because if you just read the synopsis, there's no way someone would know what shogi and karuta is unless you were japanese but they're both really really good shows and march comes in like a lion i gave a 10 out of 10 and chaya fudu i gave a 9 out of 10 and there are two of my favorite shows i watch for sure wow yeah i've never heard of chihari fudu but i have heard of march comes in lion and i know you've told me to watch this in the past so i'm gonna have to stop putting that one off and definitely definitely get that one there's two seasons right for that one yeah, there's two seasons for March Comes In Like a Lion, and there's three seasons for Chaya Fudu. I think this is one of the... These two shows are definitely shows that there's a disconnect between Japanese audience and Western audience because Chihaya Fudu has three seasons and also three live-action movies, which is insane to if you like really think about it. That's a lot of money <laughs> that's involved. And also, I'm sure they got a lot of money from putting together, like, you know three full-length live-action movies and three full seasons of anime so a really popular show or manga series in in japan but doesn't get any love really in the u.s and march comes in like a lion kind of the same thing there is a there is two live-action movies for it and two anime shows for it and in japan obviously getting a lot of love a lot of box office and also a really big audience but in the u.s not as much not really talked about at all although march comes in like a lion is really high on the mal scores i think it's literally in the top 15 anime of all time based on score but if you look at the members it's, it's really low and it definitely needs a lot more love than what it's getting but both sh- both shows kind of have the same vibes where there's a really good player and really good like relationships that come with playing the sport or family relationships coach and player relationships and there's a lot of good vibes and a lot of positivity that comes from each show and they're both worth watching for sure well we love positive shows and we love good vibes so yeah that's, that should be our that should be our main that should be our main point good vibes good relationships give it a watch yeah <laughs> Both shows definitely hooked me really quickly. And I, I, I know nothing about Kadrata and Shogi. I know the basics. Like, right. Shogi's okay, like chess. Okay, so, with Kadrata, I, I think I believe the third season of Chihaya Furu came out last year or two years ago. And had you seen them previously? Or was this something that, when this recent season came out, you decided to go back and watch the first and second season? And that's when you realized that, hey, why haven't I seen this? So I actually heard about it first when the live action movie came out because there were some really big actors and actresses in Japan at the time that were headlining the movie. And as a result, I think I was in Japan at the time when when the movie was coming out. And as a result, I heard about the show and I was like, oh, why didn't I watch this? And why is this getting so much, I guess, hype, media hype in Japan? And I haven't even heard of this in the U.S. 
and I check them out and it's like, oh, it's an eight. Okay, 8.2, that's that's not that bad. And I think 200K members or, okay, 350K members for the first season. So I was like, oh, that's not that bad. I'll, I'll take it, I'll, I'll watch it. And I know like nothing about Kaduta, but after I watched it, I was like, oh, wait, it's not so much about knowing what Kaduta is. It's all the different aspects that comes with being in like a Kaduta club of your school. The relationships, friendships, working mm-hmm. hard to make it to the national title, stuff like that. All the extra stuff. Not the Kajuta. Interesting. That's really just like lovable about the show. There's romance also. So for those romance fans. And I guess going back to the Mal, the Mal topic or the Mal point. Yeah, it's an American website, right? I mean, this might not be the ratings and the member popularity in, on a Japanese site. I guess if I look up kind of like the Japanese popularity popularity rankings, March comes in like a line and Chiaya Fudo is always at the top, always in top 20, but it's, it will never be in top 20 in the U S and I think it's just like the barrier of the synopsis. Like if you read the synopsis, it's just like, Oh, like I don't know anything about Shogi and Karuta. So why would I watch this show? But it's, it's really, you don't really need to know anything about it. Cause I bet you half of, the Japanese audience knows nothing about it too. It's it's just way too traditional or way too old school for people nowadays to know what shogi and karusa really is in detail. So it would translate to the Western audience for sure because everything that's good about it is beyond the shogi and the karusa. Right. Oh man. Truthfully, I'm a bit bummed right now. I've I love those types of of anime. I love shogi. I love uh just sports and competition in general. I'm. I never knew it was a sports anime. I always thought it was more just pure slice of life. Yeah, it's really more, I would say more sports than you would think. I do think March comes in like a line as a bit more slice of lifey than Chiaya Furu. But Chiaya Furu has really competitive aspects to it, like a sports anime. And it's really interesting to watch because there's kind of different levels in terms of the character. Like there's obviously one person that's OP and then two really talented, but is isn't hasn't translated it completely yet and then three like the hard-working one that's like working his butt off but feels a little sad that he can't compare against the op people or like the talented people so there's relatable characters in there and it's really entertaining to watch so would recommend all right adding it to the list maybe i'll start that one this week well i guess we're kind of we actually talked about all these underrated animes up to this point but do you have any other and underrated animes you want to talk about before we kind of close the podcast with some overrated shows that we've seen no nothing else for really underrated that those are one of the three that i wanted to touch on today and you covered since shinsekai yori so as for the underrated at least at this point i, I think that's what i wanted to talk about and touch on today nice nice okay well i guess we could kind of get into the flaming portion of the podcast yeah, I know we took up a, a bit a bit time with the underrated, but I guess it doesn't take long to flame and uh, roast roast a few, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's definitely worth it. But what would you say it could be based on recent hype or hype when it came out or the scores on Mao or the members on Mao and anything like that? What would you say is overrated in your eyes? Well, do you want a slice of life or do you want a shonen because i have one for both i would just say both 
and then we could just okay. talk about them quickly. Okay, so since we're on kind of some slice of life, I just, I mean, I've complained about this a lot of times to you, but for all our listeners out there, this, the anime that I have the most issues with is the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? And this show is a 7.86 on Mal. Popularity is at 130. Members doesn't have too many, but it is because it's a slice of life. But this anime, in my eyes, is rated way too high. And I have so many issues with this anime and the way it was played out that I just I just am frustrated every time I think about it. Why do you think the show has such a high score and popularity, though? Because I don't know. I, I don't know. It, when was it released? It was released... released quite a bit back right it was released in 2006 so yes maybe back then the art the slice of life wasn't as developed and maybe for for the time it was well done you know like i i do think there is an aspect to it that in 2006 there weren't as many shows that had girl or female comedy or fan service the melancholy haruhi suzumiya kind of gives you both i don't know Based on what I've seen. I know you've seen some of it, so maybe you disagree, but I think this show, just if it was ever released later on, it's just not a good anime. No, I, I, I wouldn't definitely recommend agree someone you. to watch it. I, I would just never, if someone asked me, should I watch this? I would just tell them no. I would say, don't waste your time. There's nothing you need to watch in this that you're not going to be able to get in something else. I definitely think the show hasn't aged well, but I was just wondering if it's like a generational thing because there weren't as many shows back in 06 that were like that. And also, th- this show, for whatever reason, has a really big following in Japan too. And I really don't know why either. Yeah, it's... I mean, uh, just sitting here thinking about it, I'm, I'm already... I'm already getting sad. All right, just, all right, just, let's, ma- let's move on. I just on. remember the time watching it and yeah, I just... Don't want to go there. If you guys do want to watch it, I can guarantee you, you'll probably get halfway or maybe three quarters of the way when everything, you start questioning what you're doing with your life. <laughs> but All right. anyways, not to break it, no more, no more spoilers. Yeah, what's but your shonen then? The shonen is Aono Exorcist or Blue Exorcist. Is it bad? Again, another older anime back in 2011. It's just a run-of-the-mill shonen, and I like shonen. I like run-of-the-mill average shonen, but I just didn't really like it. It's just I mean, too average. They never came out with the second season. There's, I think, there's even a manga, and I had no interest to watch it. Oh, excuse me, there is a sequel to it, and I never even watched it. I didn't even know there was a sequel to it, too. I didn't either. It came out in 2017. Wow. Now that I'm looking, wow. I mean. That's pretty recent. The fact that I've been watching anime pretty recently and I never even knew that the sequel came out. I mean, I think that just speaks to how poorly this has aged. Because this has 1.5 million members in Mal for season one. It's only rated a 7.56, but its popularity is a 29. I have heard that it's a really average shonen. It's, I mean, in my opinion, it's super average. It's just your basic teenager again another demon another demon type type of shonen of course and 
I think there was just nothing in the show that really stuck with me. There wasn't something that made me say like, hey, this is really interesting. This is unique. There there was just nothing there and no substance that really kept me interested. Like the depth just wasn't there. And I think shonens rarely have that depth that you might have in Slice of Life, which I understand is a reason it's shonen, right? That's the reason it's... But the fighting scenes just weren't there. It wasn't like it was heavy in fighting and heavy in action. It just had no depth and, you know, I'd rather have, I don't know if it just, they didn't, didn't animate it well, but I just think there was just a lack of direction, I guess. And maybe this plot and storyline just wasn't something that you would watch and say, hey, this is like really interesting. Now, as a kid, maybe you'd be like, hey, this isn't bad, but as an anime fan, I have no interest in recommending this to someone. 1.5 million members, though. That's a, that's a lot of members. <laughs> that's a lot of members. That's, that means 1.5 million people have probably watched it and given it a 7.56 and rated it higher than Hamatora, which I think is a better show. Definitely have heard that the show is like extremely average, and I have not gotten the recommendation to watch it either. So I haven't watched it. But I do know there's a lot, there was a lot of hype around it around the time when it came out for whatever i don't even know why maybe it was a demon slayer and the jujutsu kaisen before the before the two but it just didn't get executed well yeah i I just think maybe the execution was poor and you can go read reviews on mal there's a lot of eights and a lot of nines and i just don't understand it anyways not to dwell um so anything you have in your overrated category I might get get some flames for these ones, but I, I want to kind of preface myself by saying I don't hate these shows. And I do have the same thing as you, where I have one slice of life and one kind of shonen action-y show. And yeah, I just want to preface and say I don't hate the shows. I just think it's a little overhyped based on the scores and the number of members on Mal. I didn't give any of these shows like a five or a six. I, I do think they're both very good. But the shonen action one that I have is One Punch Man. Wow, that's gonna that's gonna get us some some haters. But I want to hear your thoughts. So. I think One Punch Man is really entertaining, really good. But I looked at Mal in terms of kind of comparing against like what else it's above or what else it's like slightly below. And One Punch Man has an 8.55, 2.3 million members. And it's, what, like 13 episodes that was aired back in 2015. 13 really, really, really interesting episodes. And I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm on the train for this. Well, season two, you know, whole different story. It was, it was pretty garbage and didn't do well. But it's around the same scores as death note which is like 8.63 i think and it's only .08 different and i was like okay are we sure about that and then it's uh, attack on titan season three which i know you haven't watched attack on titan but i think season three is one of the best seasons of anime period it's 8.62 demon slayer is at 8.6 Fate Stay Night movies, Fate Zero Second Season, 8.59. And this show is an 8.55 based on 13 episodes. Like, are we sure this is 
in the same realm as those when they've gotten 26 episodes, have better character development, have better depth to the shows, and we really got 13 episodes of someone just punching things. Although it's really entertaining, I think it's great. I loved watching him punch things. And just be super overpowered. The title of this episode is going to be Punch to the Gut. <laughs> just relative to other shows that it's around, I'm not sh- There's no way in hell One Punch Man should be the same, like around the same score as Death Note. There's no way. I am not a One Punch Man fan, so I understand where you're coming from. But I will say I know many people who swear this is their favorite show of all time. But I think it kind of goes back to the point that we open the show with it does a really good job at just grasping or like capturing the audience's attention really really quick and it's just entertaining it's like pure entertainment for 13 episodes right if they spent three episodes of him training and then becoming how he is it might have been a really bad show but they just started off with a guy who just can't lose yeah exactly and it's just like super entertaining to watch but i don't know man 8.5 8.5 just seems way too high. And I, 2.3 million members, like really? That's a lot. That's a lot. That might be the most. I don't even know if that's the most, but it, it has to be up there for sure. Yeah, I just, I just feel like for the depth of the show, the score is a little bit too high, but it does a really good job at its, at its job of entertaining you. So Right, entertaining, but I will say you agreed, not much depth. And those are parts of the same equation. So I think, you know, you can't just give it an 8.5 just because it's entertaining. When I look at anime, I look at some of these different aspects, right? The opening, the closing, the production, the animation, the plot, the the character development. Are the characters likable? Like stuff like that. Like if I took all those things into consideration for One Punch Man, there's no way it's 8.5. And that's why I think it's overrated. But at the same time, I do like the show. It's entertaining and fun to watch. It's like almost like Psyche K where it's just like funny as hell for 13 episodes. So I could see that. I could see people being entertained. And access to it is very high because it is on Netflix, I believe. So that might be part of the reason as well. Anyway, so the Slice of Life one, and I'm going to get Omega Flack for this, I think, because I actually think this is a good show. <laughs> but... I think Violet Evergarden might be overrated. Wow. Again, another Netflix show. It's maybe we're seeing a trend. Maybe we're seeing a trend here. It's an 8.64. 8. Wow. Kind of same realm as One Punch Man. It's 13 episodes. I do think the show is really good. The characters likable. There's some good development there. Get some backstory. Moves your feels a lot every single episode. The art is probably the best art i've seen in an animation series ever period kyoto animation kills it but is it 8.64 good i love violet evergarden no i i like it a lot i really really like it but at the same time like if i look at some of these other shows and what they do if death note is just like a masterpiece and it's lower than violet evergarden Granted, it's by 0.01. How much weight am I supposed to give to just the animation? Because I think the animation is insanely good and parts of the story is good. But I don't know if it has the same level of depth to the plot as something like Death Note. Yes, I would agree. 
I would argue that Violet Evergarden, the appeal to it is the broken up style of of the show. I I do like the like episode by episode. There's a new character. There's a new backstory we're kind of looking into. And and goddamn, dude, the the art is so effing good, and the opening is so effing good. But if I look at some of these other shows that I'm like lining it up against, I'm just like, oh god, is it really eight point six four? Like, did I like it? As much as I like some of these other shows, it's close to like your name territory. Your name is like 8.9 or something, like a 9. Is it closer to that than it is to like some of these other shows that are at 8? I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it's, it could be a bit lower, but I think it's really good. You know, and, and maybe the Mal score is inflating this a bit. I'm looking now. Popularity is ranked 58. Rank is 58. You know, I actually think that's pretty accurate. While, do I think the score is accurate? Debatable. I love Violet Evergarden. I don't know if I consider it overrated just because I hear a lot of people talk about it. I don't hear too much about it except from anime fans. That is true. But it is definitely one of those shows that got a movie, that got an OVA. I guess I'd be curious as... Why do you think Violet Evergarden is rated so highly? Do you think it's a pure artwork? Because I agree the plot is... Maybe I think from your... Well, you, I can see your perspective. The plot isn't quite there relative to some of these other great animes. Yes, the artwork and the m- music is phenomenal. And maybe this goes back to the whole point that artwork these days is playing too much of an impact on an anime's rating yeah and i i think artwork just trumps every other category in terms of or artwork animation let's say both of them in tandem because something like a shonen that has really good fighting scenes will always trump something that doesn't have as good of a fighting scene but has a better plot and that's a bit unfortunate, but I do think Violet Evergarden's score is a bit inflated because the animation is so good. Because if you took this same story and just gave it the traditional PA Works animation, I think it would get a lot lower. Okay. Because I do think this is the best animated show, period, in terms of series. Obviously, there's something like Your Name or Weathering With You which was a movie production, which is really, really good. But in terms of anime series, I think Violet Evergarden is just superior in terms of animation and production. So I I don't know how much weight I should be giving that. It's a lot of points that's getting just purely off of the animation. It's a hot take. That one's a hot take. That's a hot take right there. It's a hot take because I actually recommend this show to people. I love it. That's a hot take. I've tried to get people to watch that show. Yeah, but it's it kind of goes in the same category, right? Where the artwork on the show is so good that people are instantly attracted to it. And I have actually not seen the movie. I haven't either. It just came out. So I don't, I don't think we would have access to it yet. That's such an interesting take. I, I guess we'll have to ask. We'll have to get some comments on this one because I, I can definitely see of anything we've said today. This is going to be the hot take of the episode. I I do think recently for sure there are shows where people are inflating the scores because of animation. 
And I don't know if I want to say this, but it's another hot take. But I do think Jujutsu Kaisen score is a little high because of the animation that MAPPA does. I don't know if we should be giving these scores out just because of animation. Although the quality of Violet Evergarden and Jujutsu Kaisen are both insanely good. The Kyoto animation, MAPPA, insane. Absurd high quality shows that we're getting. But there are other shows out there with better plot. And I mean, Kyoto Animation, everything they release is usually a banger in terms of Slice of Life. Yeah, exactly. It's a banger. It's just a banger. Unless you're talking about Suzumiya Haruhi. Yeah. I mean, Kyoto Animation, <laughs> banger in terms of Slice of Life. Map Up, banger in terms of Shonen recently, right? But are we really, are we overvaluing animation too much? Or is animation really worth that much? I don't know. That is worth a conversation, I think. I don't know. That is a good point, and maybe we should leave it there for today. Yeah, definitely. I don't want all the Violet Evergarden fans and Juice Kaisen fans to come come kill me now. So I will run away now. Yeah, you better hide before they find you and uh, I will force hide. you to watch Violet Evergarden over and over until you give it give it a higher rating. I preface my hot takes by saying I like both shows. <laughs> I like One Punch Man. I like Violet Evergarden. I like Jujutsu Kaisen. Those are all shows that I just think are a little inflated because of certain things and should be scored relative to kind of its counterparts. I love it. There you have it. Hot take of the day, most overrated anime. Yes, we're, we're spilling some hot coffee on this podcast. Got to end it. First podcast over an hour, you know, we had to make it worth people's time so hopefully it was worth it and hopefully we gave a good list of anime that are underrated low-key that people can watch because it's it really is hard to find some of the hidden gems of anime and we have definitely kind of listed out some of the some of those hidden gems so hopefully that keeps people occupied and entertained for the near future and we we get to introduce some more stuff later on all right sounds good until next time then until we come back with some uh hateful or positive comments (laughs) let us know true all right peace out we booze see you next week